Top four items on today's Cigar Dave show. Number one, brainless Biden has the Wuhan. Number two, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson delivers a unique farewell address to Parliament. Number three, a new cheesy cocktail called the Veltini. And number four, money does not equate to smartness. Stupid billionaire, we will explain. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage. Crafted through centuries of traditions, Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com and by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant, the five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. We have an action-packed Cigar Dave show for you, as always, wherever you may be listening. We hope that you have a cigar ready, you have a libation ready to go, you have a fine delicacy at hand. It's summer. Make sure your grill is fired up. Some great, fine-quality dead animal product ready to go, and that your harem is properly providing relaxation and pleasure maneuvers. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. And make and save America. Make America great again. Save America. Talk about disasters. Brainless Biden. His presidency since day one has been a disaster. When he was first elected, I said, you watch. He will turn this country to shit in a year. I was wrong. It only took six months. And everything he's touched has gone right down the tubes, down the drain. Now, when President Trump came down with a case of the Wuhan virus, the Chinese virus, the CCP Wuhan virus, every Libstream media outlet went crazy. He's a spreader. He is endangering the photographers, the peoples he's around because he's delivering a speech. They're taking pictures. He's not wearing a mask. That, that this is outrageous. That, that, that what is he, is he getting special treatment? You name it. They went on and on. And now that we find out on Thursday that brainless Biden, Joey frickin' B, has the CCP Wuhan virus. He's got the Rona. What do we hear from all the Libstream media? Not a word. Oh, what? how's the president being treated? Oh, he's getting Paxlovid. That's wonderful. Now that we have a therapeutic to take care of it, and is he isolating, and where do you think he got it? Softy questions. Everything is a softball. But the president is working. When Trump was working from Walter Reed, Everybody questioned it. With Biden, oh no, he's working remotely. Sure, he's going to be Zooming. He's been working remotely since the day he was inaugurated. His brain is remotely about 100,000 millennia away from his head. Now, 
Of course, the first thing we heard from the White House about Joey frickin' B getting a Wuhan. The president is fully vaccinated and double boosted. Well, that did wonders, didn't it? So the vaccine, not one, not two, not three, but four, four vaccines, and he still gets the Wuhan virus. But notice how now they're not saying, well, thankfully he's vaccinated and it's, it'll prevent, it'll keep it as a much milder case. Notice we're not hearing that anymore. That is over because they know what this variant, it's not true. The, the Wuhan virus vaccine, the original, is obsolete. It's been obsolete for a year and a half. But everybody keeps saying, keep getting keep get boosters now in Canada, where Justine Castro Trudeau, the, the, uh, the dictator, prime minister of Canada, eh? every nine months to be considered vaccinated, you must get another clot shot. Now, I'm not against vaccines. I took the first two, wouldn't take them again, wouldn't go near them. Now that all the data is coming out, Pfizer, Moderna, they all lied their asses off. 2,000 known side effects. It's an obsolete vaccine. Why would you go near something? That's like taking a flu shot where they say, oh, yeah, by the way, this flu variant, that, that last came 10 years ago. We don't expect that around, but we're going to put it in anyway, so take it. Even though there could be three variants for the upcoming flu season, and it's a guess. That's really what the researchers do. They guess which flu variants the regular influenza are going to be making their rounds, and then they create the shot based upon that. It's a guess. You can still get the flu, but if they're right, chances are it minimizes the effects of the flu. Now, they talked about getting, he's being prescribed Paxlovid. I've told you about Paxlovid. Paxlovid is a multiple drug. There's two drugs. One that is an AIDS drug, and the other is a protease inhibitor. Very limited testing on this drug. It was only tested for about three months. They combined phase two and phase three. We still don't know the long-term side effects. Of course, it's $755 for a five-day treatment. And the U.S. government bought, I think, $10 billion worth. And Pfizer can't wait to dole this stuff out. Now they're saying pharmacists can, can dispense this. If you meet the criteria, you're over 50 and you've got the virus. So Joey frickin' B., of course, being prescribed Paxlovid at 755 bucks, But there's a little caveat. There are known side effects. There are known interactions with Paxlovid and various blood and lipid medications. Biden has got AFib. Now, do you remember when President Trump had his medical exam? And, of course, the Libstream press, the media went into a frenzy. <gasps> the president is taking Crestor? And, of course, they brought CNN brought in Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who's not even a cardiologist or a cardiac surgeon. He is, I believe, a, a neurosurgeon. They brought him into the White House briefing room to question, at the time, the White House physician, who is now a congressman representing Texas, Dr. Ronnie Johnson. Dr. Ronnie Jackson. And so Sanjay said, well, the president clearly has cardiovascular disease. What are you doing? And this and went on and on and on. And Dr. Jackson said, well, he's on Crestor. Would we like him to lose some weight? Yes, but his blood pressure is okay. We'd like him to lose some weight. We've talked to him about that. Uh, his cholesterol is under control with Crestor. 
And they went through it, but of course the Libstream media made a huge deal of it. Well, what else does he have? And he's got cardiac, and what else? I mean, they went on and on looking for the most ridiculous item they could find. When CNN sends Sanjay Gupta, a, medic, a physician, a doctor, to the White House briefing room to be their expert to, to question a fellow physician, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, who is highly regarded, by the way, in three administrations, not only the Trump administration, but the Bush administration and the Obama administration. The Obama family loved him, raved about him. Good physician by all accounts. He gave the old analysis. And don't you remember when they said to President Trump, uh, the, the, the media said, well, what, he should get a cognitive test. And Trump said, sure, give it to me. I'll take it. He got 30 out of 30. But, of course, the lib media couldn't take that for an answer. They had to question Ronnie Jackson and go on and on. Notice how we've never heard one member of the Libstream media ask the White House physician, what about brainless Biden's cognitive function? Not one. The hypocrisy runs rampant. We're seeing it everywhere. So Joey B., we find out, has AFib, atrial fibrillation. Many people live with it. He's on Eliquis. Okay, fine. He's got lipidemia, high cholesterol. He's on Crestor. Did we hear anybody yesterday say, wait a minute, the, 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 president, the president takes a statin? The president has, has high cholesterol? That's cardiovascular disease. And what about this AFib? Uh, they, nobody questioned about that. But because he went on Paxlovid, his physician had to cut the Crestor and cut out the Eliquis or they're talking about reducing it 50% or just cutting it all together. Those are the known interactions with this supposedly miracle drug for the CCP Wuhan virus Paxlovid. Meanwhile, we have a therapeutic that's been used now in practice for 45 years. Billions and billions of patients has, have received it. It is highly effective in a multitude of various uh, uh, protocols and illnesses. It's used primarily in Africa as a preventative medication, as a prophylactic medication against river blindness. There's a parasite that causes river blindness. But they found that it's, it's a great anti-inflammatory medication. It's a natural protease inhibitor. That's what the Wuhan virus, how does the Wuhan virus multiply? Through its RNA. And what this does is it cuts the protease which is one of the necessary ingredients for the RNA to keep multiplying. The physicians could have easily prescribed ivermectin right off the bat, five days of ivermectin, followed by ivermectin on the last one week following the last dosage you took of the five-day course for three weeks, make sure it's whacked. And by the way, if we see anything developing in the lungs, we immediately put you on a Z-Pak, zithromycin, and to keep the inflammation down on anything, we'll give you methylprednisolone. I went on that several months ago. Worked like a charm. But no, we can't give a medication that doesn't have interaction with Eliquis for AFib or Crestor or Lipitor for lipidemia. They had to give him Paxlovid because that is the story of the day. We've got this miracle medicine. Pfizer has come up with this. This is just wonderful. Everybody should take it. Oh, one little problem. You take it. And in a number of incidents, we're seeing it, high incidents, high rates, 
whereby people that take it, they have a rebound effect. The Wuhan virus leaves or gets whacked, and five to seven days later, it reappears. It's not fully killed. That's why you take with ivermectin. You keep taking it for about two, three weeks afterwards. They all jumped and screamed when President Trump said, maybe we ought to look at hydroxychloroquine, maybe ivermectin. We've got thousands, millions of successful cases of the Wuhan virus being treated that way. Yet, of course, Big Pharma, Big Pfizer pushing their Paxlovid. Why? $755 for a five-day treatment. Ivermectin, eh, depending on insurance. Even if you paid cash, it would be, I think, maybe for the five-day treatment plus the additional uh, pills afterwards where you, you continue on a prophylactic basis for another three weeks, just one time per week for three weeks. Make sure it's all whacked. Maybe you're talking 50 bucks, 75 bucks. Let's say on the high side, 100 bucks. Most insurance will cover. Big difference between 755 and 100. There's no money in ivermectin because it's available generically. You know who the largest producer of ivermectin, the brand name of ivermectin is? That would be Pfizer. The same pharmaceutical company that has made, I think, 40 billion last year and probably on pace to do 30 billion or 35 billion this year with the Wuhan virus vaccines, the mRNA vaccines. And now probably 15, 20 billion with Paxlovid, a drug that is still an experimental use drug that has not been fully tested over a long period of time on a large sample of individuals of patients and is way overpriced. So Joey B, Mr. I've got a plan to stop the Wuhan virus. Mr. You got to take your shots. It'll prevent the vaccine or prevent the, the Wuhan. And now all of a sudden he is singing a different tune. Four vaccines later, Joey B has got the Wuhan. And of course, everybody's freaking out because of his age. God forbid if something happens, we get Kamala. Hey, Jesus, we're really screwed. Never fails. Well, somebody that still has his faculties and his full, full cognitive function would be British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Now, that doesn't mean that just because he has his cognitive function, he isn't stupid. He has become influenced by his much younger wife, who is one of these environmental wackos, climate change greenies. And he went into office as conservative, and the next thing you know now, he's been slow playing it on Brexit. He has been saying that we need to do more for climate change and be more green, on and on. And of course, more involvement in Ukraine. Wonderful. Oh, by the way, did you see that the Ukrainian first lady came in, spoke to Congress saying, we need more money, we need more weapons, billions, billions, billions. Keep sending it over. No, thank you. The spigot needs to shut. Not our war, not our problem. That's Europe's problem. Let Europe deal with it. Putin's not coming across the pond to deal with us. Although with a very weak, brainless Biden, you never know. But Boris Johnson lost the uh, vote of confidence from his fellow members of parliament in his party. So he is essentially, not essentially, he did resign. He's stepping down when a new prime minister is named. It's down to two candidates from his party, from the more conservative party within the parliament. So in the British parliamentary system, the prime minister sits on the side of the aisle with all of his party, and then the opposition sits on the opposite side. 
And they each stand up at a lectern and they go back and forth and they debate. I love it. They jeer, they cheer, they, they, they hiss, they boo. It's great. I would love to see the President of the United States go in front of Congress and sit on the same side as Republicans and go back and forth with, with uh, Schmucky Schumer or with, with, uh, with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Would love to see that go back and forth. Could you imagine Trump doing that? That would be awesome. Biden, forget it. It would be, come on, man. You know, listen, Republicans, as my father used to say, Joey, Joey, there's nothing we can't accomplish. We put man on the moon. No joke. No joke. No, I'm serious. Can you imagine that? That would be a disaster. But Boris Johnson speaks to the parliament. Farewell address. Here's a two-minute excerpt. This is great. How he ends it is great. Love hearing the jeering, the cheering. Quite entertaining. Boris Johnson in Parliament earlier this week. I want to thank my, want to thank my right honourable friend, and I want to give, I want to, I want to use the last few seconds, Mr. Speaker, to give some words of advice to uh, to my successor, whoever he or she uh, may be. Number one, stay close to the Americans. Stick up for the Ukrainians. Stick up for freedom and democracy everywhere. Cut taxes and deregulate wherever you can to make this the greatest place to live and invest, which it is. I love the Treasury, but remember that if we'd always listened to the Treasury, we wouldn't have built the M25 or the Channel Tunnel. Focus, focus on the road ahead. Focus on the road ahead, but always remember to check the rear view mirror. And remember, remember above all, it's not Twitter that counts. It's the people that sent us here. And yes, uh, the, the, the last few years have been the greatest privilege of, of my life. And it's true that I, I helped to get the biggest Tory majority for 40 years and a, a huge realignment in UK politics, Mr Speaker. We've transformed our democracy and restored our national independence, as my right honourable friend says. We've helped, I've helped to get this country through a pandemic and help save another country from barbarism. And frankly, that's enough to be going on with. Mission largely accomplished. For now, I want to thank you, uh, Mr Speaker. I want to thank all the wonderful staff of the House of Commons. I want to thank all my friends and colleagues. I want to, I want to thank my right friend uh, opposite, Mr Speaker. Uh, I want to thank everybody here and hasta la vista, baby. Thank you. Hasta la vista, baby. Entertaining speech. Like the enthusiasm. Disagree with him about Ukraine, but he is right about Twitter. It is not Twitter that counts. Too many companies, businesses, government officials, celebrities think that if you get 10 people on Twitter disagreeing with you, then all of a sudden you should change your tune. You should, you should immediately apologize, roll over. Huge mistake. We see that with companies all the time. We saw an example this week, Dave Chappelle was, I believe, performing. Sergeant Steve, where was it? In Flint, Michigan, he was performing? Was it there or was it Minneapolis? Minneapolis. I'm sorry, you're right, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, sold-out event, and I think there was like 10 people on Twitter that complained. Oh, he's offensive to LGBTQ, to trans, blah, blah, blah. The theater basically canceled him. Canceled him because they succumbed to 10 idiots on Twitter. They found another venue, of course, and you can be sure, if you think Dave Chappelle's going to stop going after trans, my understanding was he eviscerated them. 
Where is the backbone? Where are the balls? It's time for people to stand upright and say, I don't give a shit what Twitter says. I don't care if there's 10 people or 1,000. Twitter is not the real world. Twitter is not the real world. People that sit there tweeting all day long, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, have no life. They're not the real world. They're not buying tickets. They're not seeing shows. Who cares? But unfortunately, we have weak-kneed business executives. They're afraid of controversy. They're afraid of just coming out saying, you may disagree with what he says. We have comedians that have various viewpoints. We allow speakers with various viewpoints. Doesn't mean we agree with them. Doesn't mean we disagree with them. But they have the right to be heard. We provide the venue. That's it. But instead, roll over and they look like a bunch of weak beta horses' asses. Now, one thing I do want to say, earlier this week, I saw Top Gun Maverick. Cigar Mother and Cigar Aunt Trudy both saw it, raved, and I've been meaning to see it, but just been busy. So went one evening this, this week, figured, you know what, let me go check it out. Now, I know that it is not playing in China, and the reason is because, number one, it's a very pro-American movie, patriotic movie. There are American flags everywhere. And there's something on Tom Cruise. He's wearing a jacket that says something and that was offensive to the Chinese Communist Party. So they, they demanded that in order to show it in China, the producer Jerry Buck, Bruckheim uh, and, and Cruise and the studio remove those, edit it, and then they can play it. The studio said, no way. Clearly, everybody in the chain of command said, no way. So it's not in China. And yet... It's now the biggest, I believe it's the biggest movie, I think it's what, a billion a five, a billion six so far into, I think, what, a six-week run, and that doesn't even include video rentals, you know, direct, or, or, or um, on-demand rentals, so it's going to easily surpass two billion. Huge, huge box office, huge revenue-producing movie. Very pro-American. And there are some shades of reality, of truth, in Top Gun Maverick. Now, if you saw the original Top Gun, you could see going back, you knew the parallels, you knew the backstories. Cigar Mother and Cigar Aunt Trudy, they both did not see the original. So they didn't understand some of the backstory between Tom Cruise and one of the pilots whose father was Cruise's wingman who had died during an ejection. So there's all these different backstories but you can still enjoy the movie even if you don't didn't watch the first Top Gun. Great movie, a lot of action, and there were some very unique similarities to the real world. The overwhelming theme of the movie was there is a unique mission that has to be flown, very dangerous, almost impossible mission to eliminate a nuclear facility. They don't mention the country. But you kind of can draw parallels to what's going on here. It could be North Korea. It could be Iran. They didn't specify it. But basically, the, the nuclear reactor had to be eliminated before they got the energized uranium rods or the, the energized fuel. So it's a very difficult mission. It's almost damn near impossible. And, of course, Tom Cruise, being the top gun he is, being exceptional... 
Not only does he train the mission, but he ends up leading the mission. Great movie. I'll leave it at that. See it. Well worth it. I'm not a big one to go spend on Hollywood idiots, but you really it's interesting. You don't really hear Tom Cruise talk much about politics. I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat, which is smart. That's why Johnny Carson, when he hosted The Tonight Show, was so brilliant. In his monologue, he would pick on presidents, both Democrat, Republican. But it was never evil, mean-spirited, never overly partisan. Nobody knew whether Johnny Carson was a Republican, Democrat, independent, liberal, conservative. Nobody knew because he was funny. He was entertaining. You can't say that today on the late-night shows. Stephen Colbert, political to the max, not entertaining, not funny. Jimmy Kimmel, not entertaining, not funny. Jimmy Fallon, one time was funny. No, now no longer entertaining, no longer funny. What I will do is actually go on, I think it's Pluto TV, or even if you go to YouTube, you type in Tonight Show Johnny Carson. They got It's still entertaining today. He's been off the air, what, 30-some-odd years, 30 years, 32 years? Still entertaining as hell. Funny. Maybe the late-night host should take a lesson in that. Stick to comedy. Stay out of the politics. We don't know Tom Cruise's politics. Doesn't matter. He's smart. His movies are entertaining. So I figured, okay, great. And by the way, I got, because I had this coupon, it would cost me, I think, like four bucks to watch the movie. That was it. Of course, you know, you buy the popcorn and you buy the, uh, the beverage, and, you know, that's like 20 bucks. That's where the theaters all make their money anyway. Very good movie. Very entertaining movie. Very pro-American movie. And it was nice to see a movie that was not woke, that was proud to be patriotic, that celebrated American patriotism. People around the world are watching that. You don't think they want to be America? You don't think they want to live, breathe everything that's Americana? Of course they do. If we were such an evil country, such a bigoted country, such a racially prejudiced country, would we have all these millions of people trying to break in legally and legally if we're such an evil country? And the answer is absolutely not. But it is amazing to me how people are so weak-kneed. Twitter is not the real world. So Chappelle gets canceled. Chappelle says, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to continue doing my thing. You're not going to stop me. Netflix, there's what, I don't know, 20, 30 employees protested, had a problem because of how he included trans in their jokes. Netflix said, sorry, we're not going to, got creative flexibility, creative, uh, 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 the ability to be creative, to do what he wants. We're not gonna censor him. If you're not happy, leave. Guess what? I think most of those 30 protesters left Netflix. Too bad, but this theater in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, rolled right over. And I don't know how I got on the tangent of Top Gun Maverick, but it was great. Oh, and by the way, I should say that Cigar Mother and Cigar Aunt Trudy did end up watching the original Top Gun. I think Netflix uh, has it, if I'm not mistaken, playing right now, and they watched it, and they kind of got all the backstory. But very, very cool movie all the way around. Patriotic, very cool. We'd like to see what they did in the movie. Do that to Iran. Do that to North Korea. Of course, Biden wouldn't do it. President Trump, when he is the 47th president of the United States, you can be sure he won't take any shit from North Korea or from Iran. And they won't pull any of that nonsense the way Vladimir Putin invaded 
Ukraine. That's not happening under a strong alpha President Trump. No chance. When we return for the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, I will combine a lovely Nicaraguan cigar with a Nicaraguan beverage. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers... Full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, I was going through the massive collection of cigars here at Humidor 1A, Command Center Alpha. And a cigar that was launched about two years ago. One of my favorites. Love the color of the band. Love the flavor profile. The Camacho Nicaragua. And to me, the orange band signifies Nicaragua perfectly. Bright, flavorful, rich, bold. Everything about the cigar band really exemplifies what is the construction and flavor profile of the cigar and what we think of Nicaragua in terms of the types of cigar tobaccos they grow. So the Camacho Nicaragua was the newest addition to the Camacho portfolio. Starts off with an Ecuadorian wrapper, a dark Ecuadorian wrapper, high priming Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran binder, and it uses Dominican, Honduran, and Nicaraguan fillers. And it's got a special Nicaraguan leaf that brings it a nice balance of sweetness with some spiciness. It is very smooth. To me, again, you look at the cigar from the dark wrapper, the orange band, and it just explodes saying, this is going to be a flavorful, enjoyable, entertaining cigar to smoke. And indeed it is. I have one in my hand right now, and I have just pulled out, because it comes in three different sizes, I have just pulled out the Grand Churchill. Seven inches in length with a 56 ring gauge. You are looking right around for a box of 20. You're looking right around 200 bucks. So this cigar is around nine and a half dollars for the stick, which is really the sweet spot. When I first started, the predecessor to the Cigar Dave Show smoked this 27 years ago. The sweet spot for cigars was between 4 and $6. That's what the cost of a premium hand-rolled cigar. You could find loads of cigars in the $4.5, $5 category. Then it went into the 6 to 8 for many, many years. Then it went 7 to 9 Now we're really in the 8 to $10, $11. That's the sweet spot where you see most cigars. That's the mid-range price point. Now, there's cigars that are more expensive, some that are less expensive, but most of the cigars we're seeing are coming out between $8, $8.5 and $11. And I'm sure with inflation, it'll creep up even more. But this, right in the $9.5 category, well worth it. Beautiful looking cigar. That's what I will enjoy today. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. You can hear in my hot little hand, 
Myself, sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine, ready for action. Ma ma Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, I've got the five-star. Five jet butane flames arranged in a pentagon shape. Translucent tank, I just filled it up. I was at about a quarter tank. I'm now at three quarters. Built-in cigar piercer or bullet cut in the uh, bottom of the lighter. Hardy. This will light your cigar on a golf course, while you're fishing, while it's windy. Works like a charm, not overly big, but enough butane for easily probably 20, 25, 30 cigars. No problem. My lighter of choice today. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Let me toast the foot of this Camacho, Nicaragua Grand Churchill. Again, love the dark Ecuadorian wrapper. Just looking at this cigar, incredible aroma, even before you light it. Nice oiliness sheen to the wrapper. This is a seven inch cigar in length with a 56 ring gauge. So it is just an inch in diameter. All right, as I, or just under an inch. It's 64 ring gauge is one inch. So it's 56, 64, seven inch. It's just under an inch in diameter, but nice, hearty, nice, full looking cigar. All right, I've got the wrapper toasted. Now I will do the binder and the filler, keeping my litation flame not into the foot of the cigar, but away so that the heat causes combustion. Let me now puff and rotate. Mm. Oh, those first few wafts of aroma coming off this Camacho Nicaragua are beautiful. Mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Oh, so nice. Mm. Oh, yeah. I blow on the foot of the cigar. Even amber glow. I got one area that needs to be touched up. Now I will, oh, let me blow on the foot of the cigar. Perfect, even amber glow. Outstanding. Now, whenever you light your cigar, don't be in a rush to start puffing. Let it sit for about 30 seconds or so. After you've puffed and rotated, you've got that nice, even amber glow, just let it sit. Let the, let the combustion do its thing. All right, now it's been just about 30 seconds. Let me take a puff or two. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very nice. Nice sweetness. Definitely getting some, some spice to it. Definitely getting what I would say is a balance between spicy with notes of sweetness, with almost a little bit of a deep, dark hint of chocolate. Very, very subtle, but very nice cigar. This is on the medium to full-bodied side. This is not somebody that wants a mild-bodied cigar, that wants a cigar that's creamy and sweet, no. This is someone that wants some spice with a little sweetness, whose portfolio or, or whose palate is more developed. So if you like a medium plus to full cigar, you will love the Camacho Nicaragua. Very nice, can't go wrong. Comes in three sizes, the Robusto, the Toro, and the Grand Churchill, that's, which is what I'm smoking, between $8.75 and $9.75, suggested retail. There you go, right in between the sweet spot of eight to 11 bucks. Very nice stick. All right, now I need something to accompany 
this beautiful cigar on the palate. Scotch, bourbon, and beer commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Hmm. Well, I'm not in the mood for an alcoholic libation right now, but I'll tell you what I am in the mood for. Some nice espresso, but a special espresso that will complement this Camacho Nicaragua perfectly. Now, I've got a regular espresso machine where you actually take the, you grind the beans, and then you basically put the put the ground coffee into the little espresso uh, device, and then you tamp it down. But I also have a Nespresso machine. Very easy to use. If you're in an office environment, if you are in a home where you just want to make espresso once in a while, it's great product. Love the Nespresso machine. Comes in, and I've got the original. There's two. There's the capsules, and then they have what they call their Verto, which is a little bit bigger, but the capsules come in many more different varieties. Well, they have their barista collection. They have their uh, Isperazione Italiana collection. They have their world explorations. And in the world explorations, they've got uh, different countries. They've got Paris, Miami, Tokyo, Vienna, different cities, I should say. But then they have their master crafted single origins, which are inspired by the land. So for example, they have Peru, India, Indonesia, Colombia, Ethiopia, all great cigar rowing regions. Actually, some of them are Nicaragua, Colombia, Indonesia. However, great coffee growing regions. And one of the varieties they have is the Nespresso Nicaragua. They use black honey pressed Arab, uh, Arabica beans. They call it a nectarous coffee with smooth texture, sweet cereal notes. The great thing is you put your water into the container in the back. You press the button, you turn it on. It takes about a minute to get the elements heated up. Then you put the capsule in, you close the, uh, you close the lid, you press the button whether you want a lungo or you want an espresso size. I wanted a lungo size. Press the button, you hear the espresso machine doing its thing with high pressure and heat, and you have, voila, a wonderful brewed cup of either espresso or what they call a lungo, a little bit larger. Now, this is the lungo that I use. So basically, I did a double shot. I didn't put two capsules, just one, but it's still very hearty. Let me take a sip. Mmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would say this is probably in the 6 category. 6 to 7. Definite notes of some honey cereal. Mm. A taste I'm definitely getting. You know, I could say it's got an espresso taste because it is espresso or it's a lungo espresso. But definitely nice notes. Very earthy type of flavor. A little bit of dark chocolate on here. Definitely getting a little bit of that cereal, a grain type of taste. Mm. And now let me take a puff of my Camacho Nicaragua. Mm. Absolutely mm. exceptional. Perfect pairing. So if you're in the mood for an espresso, you don't want to get one of those massive espresso machines where you've got to grind the beans and tap it down and clean it. Get yourself a Nespresso machine. In fact, they have one machine. They have several machines. I've got, uh, I think, three of them. Uh, uh, one in my uh, in Command Center Alpha, and I have two at my Pleasure Palace. But 
They make one that's a very small, very narrow machine that's great. You cannot go wrong with it. Uh, let me see if they still, let me see if they still make that. I believe, ah, it's called the Ascenza Mini. And the suggested retail on it is 169 bucks. I've seen it for less than that. Can't go wrong. Very narrow, very sleek. Gives you a nice hot cup of espresso using espresso capsules. They're available now. Even the supermarkets are carrying the espresso capsules. Before it was just online. It's a wonderful way to make coffee. Can't go wrong. Easy, no muss, no fuss, no mess. It is fantastic. So wonderful pairing. My Camacho Nicaragua and my Nespresso Nicaragua capsule that I have just brewed for a Lungo cup of espresso. All right, when we continue, we'll talk about a libation that I'm not sure that I will ever sample during the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, but if you're a cheese lover, chances are you will love this new libation. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're gonna get some unique sweetness, you're gonna get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balance smoke. Try one of each, you can't go wrong. The brand new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Before I tell you about this brand new libation, quick reminder on the Cigar Dave Officers Club. I told you last week I thought we would have the June selections sent out by yesterday. We're delayed, but it's going to go out Tuesday. By Tuesday, the Cigar Dave June Officers Club selection featuring the Gurkha Revenant, both the uh, three, the Corojo, the Maduro, and the brand new Connecticut. Not available to anyone yet. Won't be available till probably August, September. And it's only going to be available in a sampler pack. That's it. Not a regular featured cigar. It's going to be limited sampler packs only. But Jim Colucci, the president of Gurkha, said, General, we're going to do the Revenant. We're going to do two Maduros and a Corojo. But I've got the Connecticut, and I want to give them something that nobody else has that won't have for at least another four to six weeks. But it may be slightly delayed. So that's why it is delayed. We're not having a July selection. We will most likely not have an August selection. I want to make sure we're caught up. September should be good to go, but we'll keep you abreast. But for those of you that are members of the Officers Club, we greatly appreciate your patience Tuesday the June Officers Club selection of the Gurkha Revenant Corojo, Gurkha Revenant Maduro, and brand new Gurkha Revenant Connecticut are being shipped out to you. Great cigars. You will love them. We appreciate your patience. Now let's talk about a very interesting, to say the least, cocktail that is being, that has been released, that has been created using cheese. But not just any cheese. Valveda cheese. Now, as a kid, when you made grilled cheese sandwiches, who didn't love Valveda? Sergeant Steve, did you like grilled cheese sandwiches growing up? Absolutely. Okay. What, what did uh, what did uh, 
Sergeant Mother make? Did she use Velveeta or what did she use uh, in the cheese? I'm sure it was probably just the Kraft American singles. But Kraft American singles. But a lot of I tell you, a lot of people use the the Velveeta. Oh, it's yeah. really creamy, mm-hmm. melts great. Macaroni and cheese with Velveeta is fantastic. Yes. Now, of course, my tastes have changed. Now I like the more gourmet sharp cheddars. But when you're a kid, you don't really care. You just want something that tastes good. And Velveeta does taste good. There is a new cocktail where Velveeta has joined up with the BLT restaurant group. And I went online to see exactly who BLT is. And they have several concepts. They have one that is called BLT Steak, and they're in about, I don't know, six cities or so. They have BLT Prime, and then they have an Italian restaurant, and then they have a second uh, Italian restaurant. So they have two steakhouses, and they have two Italian restaurants. And their BLT Steak is the same thing. They have like, I think, 10, 12 locations, and they have their BLT Prime which is, uh, let me see, BLT Steak, where's their BLT Prime? I'm sorry, they have two. BLT Prime is in New York, Miami. BLT Steak has about uh, nine, 10 locations. So BLT Restaurant Group, the BLT Steak and BLT Prime have created a cheese-infused vodka, Velveeta stuffed olives, and large Velveeta shells to make what they are calling a Veltini. But if that's not enough cheese, the martini glass, the rim of the martini glass is dipped in saucy Velveeta cheese. So you get the Velveeta cheese around the rim of the glass. You get the Velveeta vodka, Velveeta stuffed olives, and large Velveeta shells. It's very Velveeta-y, if you will. Now, it is only available in the in several locations of the BLT Steakhouse Group that include New York, Washington, D.C., and Charlotte. So those locations are featuring the Veltini. It is only available, not during happy hour, but what they call the golden hour from 5 to 8 p.m. You get it? Golden Velveeta cheese, the golden hour. 15 bucks for one of these Veltinis. The senior VP of BLT Restaurant Group, Scott Cronin, described the new menu item as a delicious over-the-top cocktail. We work closely with the brand to make this vision a reality, balancing the flavors of a typical martini with a nostalgic, cheesy flavor we all know and love from Valveda. In fact, how many times you hear somebody saying, oh, that's so cheesy? I don't even use the word cheesy. I've always said, oh, so Valveda. Why? Because it's super cheesy. And I'm looking at this Veltini right now. And I have to say, the, the, the cheese dripped on the rim looks okay. I like olives. Normally, they're stuffed with blue cheese, but I'll try it with Velveeta. I'm not sure about Velveeta vodka, though. I'm not a big vodka drinker, drinker. So what I would probably do is say, hey, do me a favor. Instead of dipping the rim in cheese, just pour some of that cheese sauce into the glass. And then give me those cheese uh, Velveeta-filled olives and I'll just dip the olive in the Velveeta and have a nice Velveeta snack, a nice hors d'oeuvre. So maybe that's next on the menu. Not my cup of tea, I have a feeling for most cigar connoisseurs, that will not be accompanying their fine premium cigar. Bourbon, yes. Single malt scotch, yes. Gin, yes. 
A nice, rich Cabernet Sauvignon, yes. However, a Valtini, most likely not. But if you're in the mood for a snack, never know. Don't drink the um, the vodka. Just take the the olives, take the cheese, and the shell, and you will be good to go. Now we're talking about coffee. Let me take a sip of my mm. Mm. my freshly brewed Nespresso Nicaragua. Very nice, accompanying my Camacho Nicaragua. Ran into this interesting article talking about coffee. Now we've heard different things about coffee. If you have a cup a day, it's great. Two cups, you're fine. It's actually beneficial. Cardiovascular health, other health. Who knows? We see these all the time. Are they right? Are they wrong? I don't know. All I know is I enjoy drinking coffee, usually in the morning, mid-morning. I'll have an espresso in the afternoon, but usually by 2.30, 3 o'clock. And I only do one caffeinated espresso. The rest is, is decaf. I'm a decaf guy. Don't need the additional energy jolt. But I've always believed the aroma of the coffee. People say, oh, you drink decaf. What's the good of that? I love the aroma. Love the taste. Very pleasurable. Now, coffee is natural. People don't realize that coffee is actually a fruit. When you look at the fruit, it comes from a tree. It looks like a cherry. It's red. You look and say, that's not coffee. Coffee beans are black. Ah, they let it dry. First, they wash the coffee. The, 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 the actual cherry, the coffee, I call it the coffee fruit, because that's what it be, it's, it looks like a cherry. They wash it, they let it dry, and then they continue to let it dry, and then they roast the cherry. And when they roast it, it turns into that dark bean that you see. It's fascinating. When I was touring the Florida Copan Cigar Factory in Santa Rosa de Copan many years ago, went to the Altadas factory there, and right next door is a coffee facility where they roast the beans, they distribute the beans. And all along the road, as you're driving to the factory and the, and the, the coffee facility, you see people on the side of the road picking these cherries. And the first thing I said is, oh, they're picking cherries. They said, no, General, that's coffee. I said, no, 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 coffee beans are dark. They said, no, 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 we're going to give you an entire coffee 101 lesson, a class while you are here. So the people that started the cigar factory owned the coffee factory, the coffee roasting mill. So we went over there. We spent a day there. Fascinating to learn how it all works, how they take the beans and how various, the, the cherry, when you look at it, every different growing region has a different flavor. For example, Nicaragua is different than Honduras. Honduras is different than Colombia. Colombia is different than Brazil. Brazil is different than India because the soil, the climate, the variations in the fruit. You have various types of apples. Granny Smith, Macintosh, Fuji. Same thing with coffee. Very coffee fruits. So it's fascinating to watch. And the aroma when they are roasting the coffee is great. And then when you get the fresh beans, they're all just oily and warm. And you grind them and you make them into fresh coffee, nothing like it. It's fantastic. So I love the aroma, love the taste. It's a natural product. So you think, okay, is there a possibility that maybe it's good for you? Maybe there's some sort of compound in 
coffee that's good for you. We know alcohol in moderation is good for you. No question. Not in excess, but we know. A study that was of data of more than 170,000 adults in the United Kingdom revealed that those who drink between two and four cups of coffee each day, regardless of added sugar, appear to live longer lives compared to those who don't drink coffee. The study supports earlier positive findings on health outcomes associated with drinking coffee. Previous observational studies have suggested an association between coffee intake and reduced risk for death. But they didn't distinguish between coffee consumed with sugar or artificial sweeteners. Now, I would say this. Common sense dictates you probably don't want to be loading up sugar into your coffee. I use liquid stevia. Natural. I don't use NutraSweet or Sweet and Low anymore. Stay away from that. Splenda, gone. I use the natural stevia. Like five, four, five, three to five drops, depending on the strength of the coffee. In this espresso, I had three drops. And I don't like sweet coffee. I just like it to take away some of the bitterness. I don't want it sweet. I want the natural coffee flavor. I just want it to take some of the edge off that, that bitterness. But they found in this study that 56% of participants drank coffee without sugar or sweeteners. 14.5% drank coffee with sugar. 6% drank coffee with artificial sweetener. 24% didn't drink coffee at all. And those who drank coffee were further analyzed based on how many cups per day. Benefits were most pronounced among the group who drank between two and four cups per day whose risk of early death was 30% less likely than non-consumers. However, those who drank coffee with an artificial sweetener, as opposed to real sugar, did not live significantly longer than those who drank no coffee at all. Now, one thing you have to remember, on these artificial sweeteners, that's why I don't use them. They're all chemicals. If you look in, at the analysis behind it, not good. In fact, people think, oh, I'll drink Diet Coke, and I used to drink a ton of Diet Coke, thinking, hey, Splenda, NutraSweet, much better. Wrong. Not good. So I converted to Stevia, and that is a natural sweetener. That is not artificial in any way, shape, or form. Now, I don't buy the powder form because they use another chemical in there. I don't know what it is, dextrose, something or other, and I just don't want that. When I have the liquid Stevia, that's all it is is stevia extracted from a stevia plant. That is it. So what they have found is, again, two to four cups of coffee, early death, 30% likely than non-consumers. Does that mean go out and drink you know, massive amounts of coffee? No. But everything in moderation, I really believe that. I think cigars in moderation are good. Brings you, relaxes you. Maybe it brings your blood pressure down. Coffee in moderation, great. A libation in moderation. You'll recall that I visited the great Richard Overton, who was the oldest veteran alive at the time. And I think Mr. Overton, I think if I'm not mistaken, he, he lived to like 110, if I'm not mistaken. Hold on, let me look that up. But I visited him about two years before he passed away. It was boy, either 111 or 112. 111, right, because it was special, uh, special Alpha Mission 111. He was 112 years 
230 days when he passed away. The oldest verified U.S. surviving U.S. World War II veteran, oldest man in the United States. Wonderful gentleman, loves cigars. I remember I brought him a box of Arturo Fuente cigars and a box of Diamond Crown that, the, that Carlito Fuente and Eric and Bobby Newman, when I told them I was visiting, they said, you gotta bring him each a box of cigars from us and thank him for his service and, and tell him to enjoy these cigars. And when I walked into the house, I was, a spe I was special because his nephew said, he doesn't invite everybody into the house. You're, you got special. And I was with him for about four hours and we taped a great show, had a video. Sergeant Steve, why don't we post that? I thought that was a fascinating uh, opportunity to speak with him. Let's post that on social media and also on the website, uh, maybe on the homepage to make it easy if people want to listen. And uh, Special Alpha Mission 111 in Austin, Texas. And everybody that drove by waved at him, thanked him for his service, sat on the porch, smoked one of his, his uh, Tipperillo cigars. And when I walked in the house, there must have been 50 big, big boxes of the machine-made cigars that were sent to him. And I said to him, now look, I said, Mr. Overton, I said, these are really good cigars. These are special. And he said, well, I only like the smaller cigars. Well, I knew that, so I brought Robustos. I said, well, these are expensive. These are like, you know, $15, $16 cigars. He goes, oh, those, those must be good. And he goes, but I only like the smaller ones. I said, you'll like these. He opened up the box. He said, yeah, those will work. Loved them. We both smoked cigars together. Of course, I, he said, join me for one. I said, I got my own cigar. I don't want to take any from your stash. I had another one that, that the Newmans and uh, Carlito Fuente gave me. Enjoyed the cigar. Wonderful opportunity. But he told me, I said, Richard, what do you think the, the key to longevity? He said, well, number one, you got to keep your mind alive. You got to be active, stay social. But he said, I'll tell you what. Every morning with my coffee, I put in a teaspoon of whiskey. My father told me, put in a teaspoon of whiskey. It keeps your blood vessels all loose. It keeps everything moving, keeps everything lubricated. And I thought about that for a second. I'm like, okay. And the more I thought about it, I said, he's probably right. In fact, the next thing I said is, well, geez, if, if, if that's based on longevity by, you know, you put in your, your whiskey and your coffee, Mick the Brit technically should live to about 1,000 because Believe me, I guarantee you that his blood vessels are very loosey-goosey with the amount of sauce that he's ingested in his lifetime. But I said at the time, maybe there's something to that. And then, of course, I come back and I do a search and I start researching, and what do I find? It shows that one of the benefits of drinking a glass of wine or, or a cocktail, you know, one moderation, maybe three, four times a week, five times a week, they found that actually the alcohol does have properties where it keeps the blood vessels pliable. You don't want stiff, brittle blood vessels. You want them to be loosey-goosey like spaghetti. Maybe Richard Overton was right. His father was right. Now, you know, you say, well, maybe that's a wives' tale. Well, son of a bitch, as brainless Biden would say, he lived till, what did we say, 100 and 12 years, 230 days. So he's basically 112 and two-thirds. And until the last three years, he was driving. He was driving until he was 110, still at his pickup truck in his driveway. But what an honor to spend with him. Delightful gentleman. 
interesting, fascinating life, fascinating story, loved cigars, loved every morning. He told me, he said, let me show you. I'm gonna just to show I'm not I'm not kidding you. He got the whiskey and he said, doesn't matter what whiskey, just get that teaspoon of whiskey, mix it in. Richard Overton, almost 113 before he passes away. Wonderful gentleman, really a, uh, a just a class act all the way. So maybe this coffee, a natural product. Think about wine, think about spirits. Where do they come from? They come from grains. You can make vodka with potatoes, with, with apples, with grapes, with any type of fruit. So maybe Mr. Overton had something. Maybe his father had something. We're seeing these are natural products come from the ground. And we're finding they now have health effects, beneficial health effects on the body. So I usually have one to two cups of decaf in the morning, decaf. Smaller cups, maybe about six ounces. And then I have one small, one and a half ounce espresso in the afternoon. Not every afternoon, maybe three days a week. But if it's after... 233 o'clock. I'll have espresso, but it'll be decaf. And here we find that if you enjoy two to four cups of coffee per day, bingo. Maybe you live a longer life. Who knew? All right, when we come back, I've always talked about stupidity. Half the world, more than half the world is stu stupid. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, your educational status. I've stated this before, and I have more further proof as the final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers... Full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Be sure to subscribe to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, where we talk the alpha male lifestyle, including cigars, libations, technology, grilling, politics, and more. Search Bold Alpha anywhere you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balance smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Finally, on today's Cigar Dave show, I have told you that stupid, stupid, stupid is rampant. Rampant in the United States, rampant around the world. I, one time I felt that 50% of the world is stupid. Now, we're not. We're educated. We're alphas. We're up to date on current events. We, we seek knowledge. We're readers. We're voracious in terms of finding fact, finding truth. We have tremendous impeccable common sense. That's why we're alphas. 
We are special. We are the elite. I'm not afraid to say it. You are part of the elite. You're alphas. We have very few betas that listen. We have some betas that have told me they listen because they want to become alphas. We do our best with the limited talent they have to turn them from beta to alpha. But I have stated that stupidity is not and has nothing to do with education level, socioeconomic status, one's income level, one's degree of success in the world. No way, shape, or form does one correlate with the other. Here is a perfect example of stupidity. It involves a billionaire. It involves a successful businessman who also owns a professional sports franchise. The owner of the Edmonton Oilers, Daryl Katz, a Canadian billionaire. Eh? Sergeant Steve, do me a favor. Will you be kind enough to go and do a search on Daryl Katz, D-A-R-Y-L, last name K-A-T-Z. Let me know where he made his money. But we know he's a billionaire. We know he owns the Edmonton Oilers. And he's stupid. Now you're saying, well, wait a minute, General. The guy's a billionaire, owns a, a hockey franchise. He can't be that stupid. Well, maybe he's not stupid in certain respects, but in others, he's extremely stupid. And here's a perfect example. He's accused of having a sexual relationship with an underaged ballet dancer a number of years ago and paying her $75,000 in exchange for sexual favors. CBC News reported that earlier this week. And this is part of, there is a lawsuit, part of a third-party counterclaim in the U.S. District Court of Nevada in response to a 2021 lawsuit filed against dance teacher Mitchell Taylor Button and his wife Dusty Button. What a name, Dusty Button. That's kind of an interesting name, Dusty Button. Uh, by a ballerina by the name of Sage Humphreys, and other ballet dancers who accused the couple of sexual abuse. The couple filed a counterclaim, and in it, they alleged that Canadian billionaire Daryl Katz was in a sexual relationship with ballerina Sage Humphreys while she was an underage teen. So I'm not going to get into all the details of the lawsuit, but in a nutshell, the CBC reported and showed texts allegedly between exchange between billionaire Daryl Katz when he was 53 and the ballet dancer Humphreys, Sage Humphreys, when she was 17. Not clear how the messages were obtained for the civil lawsuit, but here's what the text messages said. Katz, if my guys send you funds, will you spend it on or keep it for yourself? And just between us, even though you are wise beyond your years, given our respective ages, it would be taken the wrong way. She replies, yes, just between us. He says, okay, we'll have one of my guys email you. He will send you 50K. Now, of course, she replies, I'm completely speechless. Thank you so much. We still meeting up in New York in a couple of weeks? He replies, we'll let you know when I figure out schedule. Likely the week of 19th. When are you off? 
And she replies, I have most weekends off unless we are doing shows. Now, this is stupid on multiple levels. Number one, I don't give a damn if you like younger girls, meaning when I say younger, I'm talking like of legal age, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. I've got friends that are in their 40s and 50s that like dating these 18, 19, 20-year-olds. They kind of look stupid, but nonetheless, great. But they all make sure they're of legal age. And they told me, they said one of the things they said is, they always say, oh, there's no way you're, you're 19 or 20. You prove it. And they take out their license, and of course, they have the birth date. So they know they're safe. Because let's face it, girls that are 16, 17, they're dressing up, makeup the way they you know wear, revealing clothes. You don't know. They could look 18, 19, 20. You can't take the chance. Now, if he knew she was 17, then he's really stupid. So that's stupidity fact number one. Stupidity fact number two is you put this in a text that you're paying her 50K, that you're going to see her. Listen, if you want to make her your sugar daddy or be her sugar daddy and pay her, there's nothing illegal with that as long as she is of legal age. You want to give, buy her a car? You want to buy her a mink coat? You want to buy her a gold watch? You want to buy her an apartment? Whatever. Do whatever you want, as long as she's above legal age. There's nothing illegal about buying someone else a gift. Of course, she technically would have to report that if she was an American citizen. Anything over 10000 I believe, you can give someone, but it's got to be reported. Now, does that happen in real life where everybody reports things? Usually not. But why would you be, number one, why would you be so stupid to bang a minor? If you've got the hots for her, wait until she hits 18 legally. That's number one. Number two, you put in texts, I'm going to mail you 50K. Come on. Here's a billionaire, but what do I say? Over half the world is stupid. Here's a perfect case in point. This is a textbook Harvard Business School case study of stupidity. Sergeant Steve, have we found what Daryl Katz does where he made his billions? He uh, founded the Katz Group of Companies. It's one of Canada's largest privately owned enterprises with pharmacy, sports entertainment, and real estate development businesses. Okay. So look, the guy's no dummy when it comes to business. He's acquired tremendous wealth, tremendous success, but that doesn't mean you can't be stupid. Perfect example. Stupid. Banging an underage ballet dancer. 17. Great, you got the hots for her? Find someone 18 and above. Wait for her to turn 18. Then it's all legal. Then you can give her whatever you want, 50 grand. But don't put it in a text. That's really stupidity. Don't put it in a text. Don't put it in an email. Don't say it on the phone. If you're going to do it, common sense, smart sense would say, talk to her, make sure there's nobody recording anything, and do it in untraceable funds. Now, I don't know if this guy is married, has a family, what the deal is. But whatever it is, now all of a sudden, his name is being besmirched. So we'll see where that goes. Again, stupidity, stupidity, stupidity. Has nothing to do with your education level. Has nothing to do with your wealth. Nothing to do with how much you make yearly. Stupidity runs rampant in the world. And we've got another example. The stupid one in this case is a woman named Kashante Short. 
Flint, Michigan. She is suing Richard Johnson. Now, why is she suing Richard Johnson? Or Richard Jordan? Why is she suing Mr. Jordan? I mean, did he rip her off? Did he steal from her? Did, did, is there some business transaction they got into? No. She is suing him over a bad date. I am not kidding you. This is how stupid this woman, Kashante Short, is. Suing Richard Jordan over one bad date. Suing him for intentional infliction of emotional distress, claiming they had a less than perfect date. That happens in the world. That's why it's called a date. You go out, and I always say, never on the first date spend a ton of money on your date. Ever. Don't take her to a five-star restaurant. Don't put her on an airplane and travel somewhere. Spend thousands of dollars. Wussified betas do that. As I have stated in the past, if a woman is hot for you, first of all, women know in the first, I one time said to a, several female friends, I said, listen, women know in the first 10 minutes if they're attracted to a guy. And they looked at me and they said, you're wrong. I said, no, I'm not. They said, you are. It's in the first 15 seconds. They know right off the bat if they're going to get wet for a guy. Now, of course, if a guy is stupid and is a wussified beta, has no balls, is a Marxist, socialist, ultra-liberal, of course women are no longer going to be into that guy. First 15 seconds, you, they can tell. Look from a man's perspective. Men know in the first five seconds, do I, would I bang that woman? Oh, yeah. What, what's the first thing? You go in with a group of guys and say, I'd bang her. First thing, you see her, boom. The rack is showing the legs, hot. I'd bang her, boom. Now, that being said, that's the first five seconds. Now, if I start talking to her and find out she's an ultra-lib, she's a ditz, you kind of lose one. You're not as attractive. I've had that happen. I've taken out some extraordinarily hot women. Met them for drinks, never for dinner. That is lesson one to all alphas. Never invest a large amount of time and a large amount of capital on a first date. Reason being, if it doesn't work out, you have an easy exit plan. Great, let's meet for a libation. Let's meet for a drink. Let's meet for a cocktail. I don't do lunch. I don't do midday coffee. No. Because if it is good, then she's going to want to continue, and then you now have the leverage. That we will save for another edition of the Cigar Dave Show or Bold Alpha. You meet for a cocktail. If it goes great, wonderful. You're talking, you're chit-chatting, great. What do two cocktails cost you? 15 bucks, 20 on the high side? If it's lousy, one cocktail, 10, 15 minutes, you're out the door. You don't have to sit there for a whole dinner and pretend you're interested. You don't have to go through the motions. You don't have to you know, pay a $200 check when dinner comes or a $100 check. If a woman is into you, it doesn't matter whether you buy her a $500 meal or a $5 subway footlong. If she is into you, she will conduct horizontal pleasure maneuvers no matter what you buy her. Guaranteed. Men that I see all the time that are friends of mine that go out on four, five, six, seven dates, they spend thousands of dollars on dinners, shows, taking her here, taking her there, and I always say to them, well, 
Was she good in bed? Did you bang her? Well, no, not yet. We're getting to know each other. She really wants to get to know me first because she said I'm different. And I said, oh, you're different, all right. I said, you're different because she's not getting excited. She's not getting wet. She's not sexually turned on by you. If she was, you would have banged her the first or second day. By the third date, if you have not had pleasure maneuvers with the dame, hit the eject button. That is fact. You're wasting your time. You're going to be in the friend zone. And once you get in the friend zone, you ain't never coming out. It is cold in the friend zone. It is frigid in the friend zone. It is icy. It's like being in an igloo in the friend zone. You get in the friend zone, you ain't never coming out. You are screwed, and not in a good way. By the third date, if it hasn't happened, eject. And if they say, well, let's go out again, say, you know what? Why don't I just come over? I'll bring a bottle of wine, and we'll hang out. And if they say, oh, no, you got your answer. They're not interested. If they say, sure, come on by, bingo. Hang out, that means you are going to have pleasure maneuvers. If they say, no, I'd rather go out here, they have nothing else to do, and you are their entertainment. Listen to me well, my fellow alphas. I am correct on this. So I always say, when you go out, doesn't matter whether it's a $5 subway footlong or a $500 meal. If they are into you, it doesn't matter. They don't care about the meal. They want you. That's it. And again, the first 15 seconds, they look you up and down. They're looking at you. How you dress? Do you have nice teeth? You smell nicely? Do you have nice shoes? Are your shoes shine? Do you look good? Do you look like a schlump? If you look good, then you start talking to them and you have confidence and you're alpha. Boom. They and they start looking at you and then they start getting close and touching you. Boom. But even then, you got to play a little hard to get. You got to play the game a little bit. But if you immediately drop two, three hundred dollars on a five star dinner, take her to a show, dancing, whatever, by the end of the night, you drop what? Three, four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, let's say, and you get nothing? That's a lousy return on investment. Bad ROI. And when I see men do this over and over, and like, I'll go out to dinner and I'll see you know, a man with a woman, and you can just tell whether they're on a first date, second date, whatever. You can tell whether the guy is into it and whether the woman is not into it. I see it over and over, and I've been with friends, and I said, look over there. He's into her. He is throbbing. He is just licking his chops to bang her. Look at her body language. She's sitting away from him. She has zero interest. He is nothing more than a meal ticket. She's got nothing else going on. But if a guy passed by the table that turned her on, she would stop what she was doing, and she would get up, and she would start talking to the other guy. And if the guy turned her on, he didn't have to buy her a damn thing. She would go home with him, and she would provide pleasure maneuvers right on the spot. Guaranteed. So that's why I say when you go on a date, your first date, should be, okay, cocktail, whatever. And if you have nothing in common, because I've had this, you meet somebody at a party, you hit it off, then you go out for a cocktail and they have nothing to say. Or you find she drinks too much. Or you find all these red flags. She doesn't get along with this one, she doesn't get along with that one, she doesn't talk to this part of the family, doesn't talk to that. Red flag, red flag, red flag. So when Richard Jordan meets up with Kashante Short, for a date back in 2020. Clearly, there was nothing going on. It was a bad date. 
She, however, decides to file a lawsuit two years ago. In the lawsuit, she alleges, alleges that Mr. Jordan deliberately and intentionally hurt her when he did not show and left on her mother's birthday and her mom had just passed away. Now, during this recent hearing that went on by Zoom, first of all, this Kashante Short is, is, is on the Zoom call like she's at an airport. You can actually see the airport, you know, the, the, the lounge seats in the back. You can hear the speaker in the background, the, the paging system, the boarding calls. Richard Jordan is sitting there, looks like he's in his home. And you have Judge Herman Marable Jr., who's in his office. Now, the judge is trying to comprehend this whole thing, saying to her, wait a minute, you're suing him for a bad date? The man being sued, the defendant, Richard Jordan, doesn't do much talking, just saying, look, judge, this is a waste of time. He's being sued for $10,000 because of a bad date. It's ridiculous. So, of course, the judge starts questioning her, and she starts going absolutely crazy. The judge is trying to talk to her and trying to tell her and, and, and explain things. She starts basically going nuts. She's raising her voice at him. He finally raises his voice at her, and she continues to shout over him. It was an absolute three-ring circus. Then the judge finally looks and says, you know what? First of all, this claim doesn't belong in my court. It belongs in a circuit court. He orders it move there. Of course, Kashante was not happy and continues screaming and carrying on. So after all this, another judge is going to hear it. And chances are this will be done in person. And when another judge hears this, he's going to say, you went on a bad date, and then he basically left, and you're, you're angry about that. There is no cause for $10,000 in damages. Case dismissed. And then Kashante is going to go apeshit. And, of course, the bailiff is going to have to control her. And as far as I'm concerned, put this nutcase, call her in contempt, put her in the, in the, in the hokey for a couple of days, because clearly she is a nutcase. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And clearly, Kashante Short is a woman scorned. Again, talk about stupid, suing a man for a bad date. Again, stupid, stupid, stupid. Wasting her time, wasting Mr. Jordan's time, wasting the court's time. But if she wants to file in circuit court and hire attorney, have at it. Chances are, this ain't going anywhere. And by the way, I can see why Mr. Short, probably after about five, ten minutes with this nutcase, said, I'm done. I'm hitting the eject button. There is no chance I want to be with this total wackadoodle. And that's exactly what she is. Sweetheart, get a life. Because there is no way you're getting a man. Not with the shtick that you are pulling. No man wants any part of drama. There's an expression that I use... Now, this is not a G-rated podcast, not a G-rated show. We're more on the long of PG to R. But what I have to say may be R to X, so I think I may just avoid it. Uh, Sergeant Steve, I will probably tell you that afterward, but I will not tell you a perfect, a perfect analogy that could be used in this case. But even I, 
have the proper sense of decorum that even though we're explicit on this show and podcast, this would be way, way over the top. So we will pass on this. But suffice it to say, Kashante Short, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Sweetheart, get a life because you're not getting a man. As always, don't forget, make sure you subscribe to the Cigar Dave Show podcast. Make sure you also subscribe to our fellow podcast, our brother podcast, Bold Alpha. Every Thursday, we release our Bold Alpha weekly spirit celebration. We sample a different spirit every week with Tommy Diadio, the senior executive VP, and our resident sommelier of Corona Cigars. There are three locations in Orlando, their store and lounge in Tampa, and their soon store and lounge in Sarasota. Phenomenal selections, and you will find that you will learn much not only about cigars by listening to The Cigar Dave Show, but much about spirits and wine and other libations by signing up for the Bold Alpha podcast. And as well, we also come up with other things as they uh, come up, shorter podcasts as well. So subscribe to both. Give us a five-star review. That way you won't miss a thing. On that note, Cigar Dave the General saying, May your humidor always be full. May our cutter always be sharp. May our ash be extra, extra long. Semper delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make masculinity great again. Save America. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Live it up.